from sin. Fulfill thy word and make me pure within. Let me talk to you about a thought that I had a while back. And first, Second Timothy, take your Bible, Second Timothy 4.10. I know we're starting a little late tonight. should not be over an hour. No, it won't be. 2 Timothy 4.10. You wonder how you could preach on something like that. This verse here, I've read this verse, I'm sure, hundreds of times. And yet, I never got a message out of it until just the other day. And God just stopped me on this passage. For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Father, now come. Save us. You told Peter, feed my sheep three times. May tonight the people of God be fed. And may some soul in this room be saved from the sin of Demas. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to say, Brother Vito's been in the military and been over to overseas and been back, been quite through. Interesting man. Get to know him some. Uh, the doc, he was a captain over in Vietnam. And so uh, some of these people have been in the military. You know Charlie, of course. You know. So uh, but I, I appreciate military people feel comfortable with the gospel. I have a sign that says uh, we're military friendly out front. Also have a sign that says male leadership. And I hope you men feel comfortable at gospel. Who got to Demas? That's the title. Who got to Demas? The verse is 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10. 2 Timothy 4, 10. For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Who got to him? Who convinced him to abandon Paul the Apostle and the Bible? All I can say, Brother Preacher Bart, is if they'll abandon Paul, what will they do for us? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you'll abandon the Apostle Paul, maybe one of the greatest Christians ever walked the planet, and possibly one of the greatest expositors of scripture ever to walk the planet. Having been taught directly by Jesus Christ, <clears throat> gone to the Bible Institute of Jesus, now they just don't get better than that. And yet, we find that he had people that would help him for a while, be with him for a while, and would appear to be part of the group that eventually after being there a while said, this in for me. We've had it here at Gospel. Who sat down with Demas and reasoned with him about this? How did it happen? He had seen all the miracles, all the wonders, the conversations he had heard. Not all of them, but many of them. <clears throat> he had seen the answered prayer of, of Apostle Paul as they prayed together. Uh, 
He saw everything the rest of the folks saw that were with Paul. He heard the same sermons. Probably that Timothy and Silas and Barnabas and Luke and Mark and Tychicus and Carpus and Priscilla and Aquila, Onesiphorus, Erastus, Trophimus, Ubulus, Pudens, Linus, Claudia, and Titus heard. And it's just a short list. All those people got to hear the same things, probably very similar to what he heard. Uh, he saw what they saw. He heard what they heard. He he saw the power of the Holy Spirit come and convert people. I mean, old-fashioned conversions, right? There's nothing in my book, nothing greater. The cross the Red Sea was good on dry land. That was good, but it isn't as, it as big as Nick Carbon getting saved. Those ten plagues were phenomenal, but it is, it, is, it is not as big as Tom Gillespie getting saved. He thought I was looking over there. I wasn't going to do that. I'm telling you, right? A conversion of a soul, an eternal never-dying soul, brother, is big. It's, it's it. It's the biggest miracle that you can win. He had witnessed those things. Think of it. He studied. Demas studied under the great apostle Paul, most educated of the apostles most prolific in languages of the apostles, most possibly mo the most radically converted, uh, if I may say, and persecuted of the apostles. It really doesn't get better on this side of heaven than what Demas had. Would you agree to that? I mean, exposure this man had. Somebody kept dropping little nuggets of doubt on Demas. Stuff like, man, those people in the world, they're having fun. Look at them smile. Or stuff like, man, look at that house and look at how peaceful those people are and how luxurious they live and how they eat and how prosperous they are. And they're not even Christians. Or maybe stuff like, man, what we're going through is hard and tough. And the suffering is regular. Paul said the suffering he went through brought him to a place where he wanted to die. Maybe stuff like, man, I'm giving up so much for Jesus and my life's passing by. Or maybe somebody came, sat down with him and said, I believe non-Christians are living better, more healthy. Their kids are doing fine and they're healthy. Uh, than, than we are, and we're serving, supposedly we're serving the living God. If some of these sound familiar, you may be hearing some of the same voices he heard. He could have, somebody, the voice could have came by and said, man, what will your life be at the end? You'll not have anything. You'll be living in poverty and hardship at the end of your life if you live for Jesus, give your heart to him. Or they may have said, what if all this isn't true? Or what if Paul didn't really see Jesus? What if Jesus is still dead and buried somewhere and the Roman soldiers were telling the truth when they said the disciples came and carried him away? Or maybe somebody came and said, is this worth it? I don't believe Demas suddenly with Paul. I don't think anybody, or maybe almost nobody, 
that falls back away from God does it on an impulse, a quick thought. I think it, it takes some meditation. Uh, most people think long and hard before they fall off the cliff into some sin. We've had some awful sins happen here at the gospel. I don't think they happened overnight. I don't think it happened in a week. I don't think it, I think it, there was, I think there was some soap time. I think there was some cook time, like the old crock pot. I think it had to soften the resistance. It took a while, but the devil's patient. He don't mind softening. He don't mind working on you for a period of time. He'll bring his people by that call themselves Christians that maybe are not Christians, but we don't know that, but he does. And he'll bring them by to try to undo. I can't tell you how I've had people in this church, uh, newly saved people, that come out of the world and come forward and get saved and get baptized, will come to me and say, Preacher, so-and-so said this, and so-and-so, they don't tell me who. Well, I don't want to tell you who because I don't want to be mad at me. I said, get them mad at you. I'm going to say something that you're not going to want to hear, and I'm not accusing you of this, but I'm telling you, we got the devil himself right among us. We have a gospel baptist for the whole time I've been here, Judas Iscariot's in our midst. There are people that are attending Gospel Baptist Church and have attended it in 37 years I've been here that somehow or another come up to these new converts and tell them horrible stuff. Horrible stuff. Stuff that would discourage anybody. Oh, I'd like to get my hands on their neck. It was true with Paul. It's true here. It's true everywhere where God's people are. I believe old Demas, he mulled that thing over, man. I think he mulled it over. Nothing. I just don't think Demas had a constant walk with God, had a, had a vital walk with God, had a vibrant or living walk with God. Let me say tonight, if you're here and you're going through the motions, you leave here on Sunday and on Monday you go in another mode and you don't think of God and you don't read His Word and you don't meditate much, and you don't try to memorize any scripture, and, and you don't think about him, you miss Wednesday nights, you show up on Sunday, I'm going to tell you, you're, you're almost destined for failure. You're a victim looking for a place to happen. Demas, I don't believe he had a walk with God. He had nothing to offset the attacks that were coming his way. He had nothing to reset the lost ground that he was losing. He did not have a consciousness of the very presence of God. Man, I hope you have developed in your Christian experience a walk with the constant presence of God. It is absolutely vital for you and vital for me to survive that we have a walk with the constant presence of God. He's with me. He hears everything I say. He, hear, he knows everything I'm thinking. He knows every one of my intentions. Is that true? Is it true? Do you believe it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't believe old Demas communed with God daily. I don't think he got up in the morning and 
and quoted, you know, anything like, bless the Lord, O my soul, all those whom he bless his holy name. I don't think he went to bed at night saying, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Quoting some scripture, some, it could be all kinds of different things that you quote to God in the morning. I wake up many times during the night. Since I got older, a mysterious thing has come over me. I have not slept eight hours. I haven't slept six hours in a row for 20 years. If I ever went to bed and woke up and it was light out, I'd pass out. I mean, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. But I went to the doc. I said, man, something's wrong with me, doctor. I can't go all night long <laughs> without having to go to the bathroom. And he looked at me in the eye and he said, get used to it. I said, that is not what I'm hoping you were going to tell me. He said, get used to it. It's going to get worse. Worse? <clears throat> he was right. I get up at night. And what's funny is, I used to get up and I almost felt like I was hung over. I don't know what it was. I used to sleep better. But you, you'd get down in your sleep so far that when you woke up, it was almost like, I wake up now like I'm, I've been awake for eight hours. I mean, I'm like, I'm all there. I wake up, I'm like, hey, hey, I feel good. And I, you know, I can talk to God as I go to the bathroom. I say, hey, Lord, praise the Lord. Looking at my wife sleeping like a baby there. Sometimes I bang stuff around so she'll wake up. I don't think he was praying without ceasing. I, I think all that had eroded or maybe never had happened. <clears throat> I believe you can live the Christian life for a while in the flesh. I believe you can live it in the power of your will. But what I'm talking about, you can't live the biblical Christian life. But you can live a perceived Christian life in the power of your will. You know, there are people with strong wills. There are people with pretty good willpower. I mean, they can self-discipline. And, and, and they can stop swearing or they can stop smoking. Unsaved people stop smoking without the Holy Ghost. Unsaved people stop drinking without the Holy Ghost. Unsaved people stop swearing without the Holy Ghost. I mean, I mean that's just obvious. Unsaved people stay married 65 years, same woman, without the Holy Ghost. We've got to quit blaming God on our failures so much, start taking credit for our failure, and by the grace of God, if we succeed, it's his mercy. But I tell you, you can outwardly play that Christian game. You can walk, talk, dress, and sing Christian. But there's nothing inside. Where are you today? Are you hollow inside? Do you have substance to your walk with Christ? I hope that you're not like Demas, where he did not have something of substance. I hope you don't read your Bible out of duty. I preach a sermon. It's not unique to me at all. Many preachers have preached sermon on duty. Um, I believe certain things in life, duty will carry you over. It'll carry you over. It's not bad. It's a good thing. But brother, not at all. I'm not married to my wife out of duty. Now, sometimes I have been married to her out of duty. 
I, I would be lying if I didn't tell you, there's sometimes that you just do it because it's right to do. But your spirit is not so much into it. Ain't no, ain't no man going to say amen in this room. I'll guarantee you a bunch of... But anyway, uh, oh, it's easy to be married to a 20-somethings, beautiful, vibrant, and got supple skin. Oh, yeah. But brother, some duty's good, but I don't want to live on duty. I don't want to live on duty. I want to live because it's the right thing. I don't want to live. I want to live on some Zoom. I want some kabang. I want some boom, boom, boom. I don't want to live my Christian life dry bones. I want to have I want to have flesh on them bones and vibrancy on them bones. I think it's a choice you can make. You go to God and say, I don't want dry bones. Boy, he's waiting for you. That's like a kid coming to the dad and mom saying, I'd love to clean my room. Can I do it? No, you can't. No, he's not going to backhand you for wanting to clean your room. He's going to faint, but he ain't going to backhand you. Oh, wow, my kid got it. He's getting it. People fall into sin. They don't fall into sin right away. They fall into sin because they're cold. They fall into sin because they're dry. I don't think Demas, I don't think he just went off the edge like that. I don't think anyone or anybody goes off the edge without a slow, without a slow go. Listen to me. I'm warning you tonight. Paul warned us 2,000 almost years ago, Demas, having loved this present world, have forsaken me. Why, did he, why is that in the Bible? That's for you and me. You say, I'll never forsake Jesus. You will if you don't walk with him. If you don't walk in the Spirit, what will you do? The Bible says you will fulfill the lusts of the flesh. You don't have any other choice. You either walk in the Spirit or you walk in the flesh. If you walk in the Spirit, if you walk in the Spirit, you'll not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. The opposite of that is if you walk in the flesh, you're not going to fulfill if I may say, the lust of the Spirit, the desires, the passionate desires of the Spirit. What happened? Let me ask you a second question. What happened to the prodigal son? What happened to the prodigal son? You know the story. I'm not going to read it. Luke 16. Prodigal son, most all you could tell me what it was. But the prodigal son, you know, he came to his dad. He asked for his inheritance. He says, I'm, I want all my inheritance. His daddy, for some reason, gave it all to him, gave his portion to him. And the boy went out, the Bible says he went out and lived riotous living. He went to Las Vegas. I don't think the prodigal son all of a sudden left his family for Las Vegas, do you? You don't give up the security of your home, the prosperity of your job, the fellowship of your family, the love of your parents, the prestige of your position as a son without some long meditation Someone was talking to the prodigal son. Someone was describing Las Vegas. How many here been to Las Vegas? Raise your hand. Admit it. Admit it. How many here been gambling in Las Vegas? Don't raise your hand. I went to Las Vegas, stayed south of the big strip there, that big main highway goes down the middle, and it was 112 degrees, people. I don't care, I don't care if it's dry. Whatever it is, that is so hot it'll burn your hand on the window of the car. Off that black top was coming, it was distorting your view, you couldn't see good. 
I'd never been to a place, I'd call that hell close to it. And uh, I went out, I said, man, it's so hot, I'm afraid to even drive around, my tires are going to blow. I said, but I can't be in Los I was there for the night. I got in there about 5 or 6 o'clock at night. We were just going to California. And so I said, okay, we're going we're gonna to do it. We're going to drive down the main strip of Las Vegas. We're going to go all the way to the north. We're going to turn around. We're going to drive all the way by the south, see all of those casinos, you know, some of them like pyramids, some of them crazy looking. And I said, we're at least going to do that. Little did I know it was bumper to bumper going about two mile an hour and it was about an hour and 15-minute deal. But now I can say I've been to Las Vegas. Sin City. But man, there was a lot of glitz in Las Vegas. I mean, it's got the bright lights. It's got, for young people, it's got the excitement. They got girls with billboards on them asking if you want to have prostitution. It's legal there. And they got advertisements about prostitution all over the place. You can go medium, small, large, fat, skinny, anything you want. Well, you a thousand a night to a hundred a night, and uh, uh, they're all disease checked out, and everything's real good. Ah, exactly. You've been to Las Vegas, you know. What I'm talking, telling you the truth. They'll come right to your hotel room. In the hotel room, there was an advertisement. You dial this number, the girl will come right to the hotel. The old prodigal son heard stories like that. He said, here I am, a farmer boy. Tom, you ought to relate to the prodigal son. Because old farmer boy, you know, out there making $5,000 a year, working his fingers to the bone, uh, never going to do any better than that, and just out there getting dirty every day. The, the farm girls, they just don't look like them Las Vegas girls. That painted, those painted uh, princesses. He had to meditate on that. I, I don't think you leave all what he left. But he thought about the lights. He thought about the women. He thought about the parties. He thought about the fun. He thought about the adventure. He thought about the thrills. He had to have one thing to do all that money. He went to his dad. He said, I want my money. I think he had friends. He was hanging with the wrong crowd. He was listening to the wrong radio station. He was watching the wrong TV shows. He was playing the wrong DVDs. And he was getting influenced. And there were people talking to him. And they were saying, man, that Las Vegas, it's just the best there is. This way of life, your dad and brother are living. It's crazy. It's dead end. You're never going to experience any more fun than right now. Do it. Grab it. Do it. And he said, I want it. And he grabbed his, his daddy gave me his money left. Most of you know when the money's gone, all the fun's gone, the women are gone, you know, and you're left with the disease. The prodigal had to meditate long on leaving, had to count costs. He got the courage up. But oh, the end of the prodigal. Oh, you said, Brother Bill, well, he was feeding with the swine. They're eating, looking at what they were eating and, and lusting after it, saying, man, and what they, then he got thinking. The Bible says he came to himself and he said, you know, even the servants in my father's house got better than this. I'm going home. And it's, it's a wonderful story of how God loves us. God, the Father's looking for you to come home. But trust me when I tell you this, there's consequences. There was a sermon I heard preached what, the day after the prodigal got home. After the party, you know, and the 
he put the clothes on him and he took a shower and he got all cleaned up and, and dad was happy and everybody was happy except the brother and uh, he got home I, uh, there, I heard a whole message on the day after the prodigal got home the next morning after the prodigal party was over the brother came in there kicked the bed hey it's time to get up and work the hogs they need out there, I want you to clean the hog pen this morning. Wait a minute, I'm a son. No, 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 no. You're just a hired worker here. And the consequences of going out and away from his dad, losing his position. It's an interesting interpretation. Let's look in, the, in Psalm chapter 73, if you would. What I've just laid out for you, what I've just laid out for you is not new with me. Psalm 73, verses 2 through 17. The psalm was written by Asaph. Verse 2, he says, But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. For I was envious at the fool, at the foolish, just like this Demas was. When I saw the prosperity of the wicked, there are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. They're not in trouble as other men, neither are they plagued like other men. Therefore, pride cometh them about as a chain, violence covereth them as a garment. Their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than heart could wish. They are corrupt. They speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heavens. Their tongue walketh through the earth. Therefore, his people return hither, and waters of a full cup are wrung out to them. And they say, how does God know? And is there knowledge in the Most High? God don't care about all this. He's not paying attention. Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. Verily, I have cleansed my heart in vain. Look at that. And washed my hands in innocency. For all the day long I have been plagued and chastened every morning. If I say I will speak thus, behold, I should offend against the generation of thy children. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. That's what happened to Demas. That's what happened to the prodigal son. But you got to go to verse 17 to get it all. Here's where it is. Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I understood therein. See, it's not how you start. It's not how you even pedal in the middle. It's how you end. How are you going to end? Because see, what do you, would any of you like to be Frank Sinatra tonight? Would any of you like to be Elvis Presley tonight? Would any of you like to be Jim Morrison tonight? And would any of you girls like to be like to have been Marilyn Monroe tonight? Would any of you like to have been these people who have who have died and gone to meet? Listen, how they lived doesn't mean much if they have to face a living God. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Having rejected Jesus Christ, His only begotten Son, having spit, as it were, and counted as a thing of naught, the covenant, and done despite to the spirit of grace who came by and tried to woo you to heaven. You said, no! Movies are better than going to church. 
anything's better and chose that rather than God. That's what happened to Demas. That's what happened to Demas. I like old Jim Elliott, one of the five guys that was killed down there by the Aka Indians in 1953. I would have liked to know Jim Elliott. I would have liked to have met him. They were young. They had wisdom beyond their years, to be honest with you. Jim Elliott and them boys, they weren't old. I think they were all in their 20s and 30s. They had wisdom beyond their years. And Jim Elliott writes, and we, we say it, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Oh, that's deep. He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. You give up these material possessions. You give up these fleshly pleasures. Hey, the Bible says it. The Bible says it. Moses forsake, forsook the pleasures of sin for a season. The Bible admits that, ple- that sin is pleasure. The Bible admits that there's some, there's some pleasure in Las Vegas. But it also admits the end of that whole thing's horror. Wow. Demas is not famous. You know, had Demas stayed with Paul, he'd have been famous. Tonight, we'd have been talking about Demas in another way. But now I'd have to say Demas is infamous. How many here have, uh, I, I tell you, through my life, I've never met anybody named Demas. In fact, the way our, our parents of this church is going, there ain't going to be no way named Billy either. Stubborn group of people. But I know there ain't going to be no two Abdiels, amen? The first one I ever knew. The Bible named them. But there's enough Bobs. Stop. Don't name any more Bobs. Bill. Bill. How much should it cost me to get your first kid, Bill? I mean, I'm going to start early on this thing. What's it going to cost? A new, a new, new, new Python? I tell you, we got a. I don't know any kid named Demas. How many here? Anybody ever known anybody named Demas? Do you know one? Did you know one? How many did you know? Yeah, you figure Russia would be. Yeah, with a guy like Putin. I mean, you figure that. I mean, they're Greek Orthodox mostly over there, right? How about you? Anybody here? Anybody else know Demas? Anybody know Demas? How many here know Delilah? How many here know the name Delilah? How many here have known somebody Delilah? I'm not talking about the radio program. I'm talking about a real person that you know personally named Delilah. Raise your hand. One, two, three, four. Wow, you don't read the Bible much. How about Jezebel? Do you know somebody named Jezebel? Now, man, I mean, you name a kid Jezebel, you got no, you got no mercy at all. I bet she was good looking. I bet you look at Jezebel, you go, "What in the world is it? An angel?" I don't want to be Demas. The prodigal gave up his conscience, his reputation, and his standing. I don't want to be the prodigal. I want to be the brother that stayed home and did right. 
Sin will take you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. Oh, my brother and my sister, don't listen to the voices. Don't listen to the voices. The old preacher up here tries to get you to read your Bible. Why? Because the Word of God will offset those voices. This book will offset the voices. You know, people sometimes, people say, well, I hear voices. I said, well, get over it. I do too. Who doesn't hear voices? I mean, when you talk to yourself, who's doing the talking? Who are you talking to? When your conscience bothers you, who's talking? You pick that cookie up you weren't supposed to have, where's that voice coming from? When you go to sin and the Holy Spirit inside of you goes, where's that coming from? There's lots of voices in the world. Let's get this voice in your head. Get this voice. Well, when them voices want me to want me to quit, want me to lay down the sword, or want me to run the other way, or want me to go to Las Vegas, I'll tell you what, these voices warn me. They help me. I want to put my I'm going to put my soul and my body and my everything I got in this old book. And I want this thing. I want this thing. I want my blood to be biblene. And I want my words to be God's words. Because the end there is good. The end is good. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? Taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. That's it. That's it. Psalm 119, 9 through 11. How about you? I don't think you live for Christ accidentally. I don't think you succeed in, in the faith casually. I think you got to want it. And you college kids, you're dangerous. You're dangerous to the kingdom of darkness. You have a number. You have been given. An, they, there are demons assigned to you to destroy you, to tempt you. There are women out there that have been, that are going to, they're going to actually think you're good looking and you know that's a miracle. Well, there's women out there that have been moved by the devil himself to think you're the greatest thing since peanut butter. And they're going to try to take you off your course. Oh, when you make a decision for God, just get ready. I mean, he throws everything he's got at you, but don't do it. Just, just hide under the feathers of Jesus Christ. Hide under the wing of God. He'll protect you from that stuff. But you and nobody goes without temptation. Lead me not into temptation is a really good prayer. It's a really good prayer. Because you're going to be tried. and You're going to be tested as a Christian. Don't be a Demas. Demas have forsaken me. Having love this present world. Father, help us tonight. May we, may we be warned. May we be clearly warned tonight. 
May the Spirit of God take this message past where I have brought it. And may He do a job. There, there are people here, there are young people here, old people here, that, oh, God forbid, they listen to the voices that are coming. The voices of the world, the voices of the evil one, the voices of their own flesh, the voices of people that say they're Christian, but really, by their actions and their words, they couldn't be. May they listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. May they hide it in their heart. May they be saved. That a million years from now, we can be rejoicing. These are they that won the battle. These are they that stood the test. Clothed in garments, pure, spotless. The redeemed, the pure and blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.